All right, guys, today we come to Acts chapter 19, and in this chapter that I hope you have already read and thought about prayerfully for yourself, uh, you know that Paul is ministering in Ephesus, where some really remarkable things happen, both good and bad. So let's think about two or three things that we find noteworthy here. And one is, the first is this, that it's important to remember that Acts is describing a time of transition. Uh, There's some odd things that happen early on in this chapter. In the first place, Paul came upon some people in Ephesus who were, and you, you see this in the first couple of verses, came upon some people in, in Ephesus who were following Jesus, it says, but who actually knew absolutely nothing about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, they, they say in verse 2, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Um, so I guess it would be assumed that these maybe were Gentiles, uh, coming to faith in Christ or following Jesus, who had heard of Christ. And I, I think there's, the reason I think they're Gentiles is because it, it seems like there'd be little doubt that a Jewish convert to Christ would have, um, they would have known about the Holy Spirit if they were, had grown up Jewish. And so, uh, but as it was, these believers, as they were described, had never heard of the Holy Spirit and had only been baptized with John's baptism of repentance. And upon learning this, learn in verses 5 and 6 that Paul baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus and laid hands on them that they would receive the Holy Spirit. These are not um, typical occurrences. And it reminds us, like I said earlier, that this was a time of big, great transition in the history of redemption. Big changes were taking place in the unfolding plan of God for the salvation of his people. One of the biggest aspects of this transition was the inclusion of the Gentiles in in such large numbers among the people of God just as the Jews had been the people of God and and further we read that in verse 11 that God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul and we said quite a bit about miracles and signs and wonders up to this point in Acts but the instance we find here is actually quite remarkable here we read in verse 12 that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched Paul's skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. This was an utterly unique time of the exhibition of the power of God. The gospel was, again, coming mightily to the Gentiles for the very first time in history in such large numbers, and the the Lord was opening the floodgates of his power to shine the spotlight on the gospel message that Paul and his companions were preaching. Now, while the Lord does mighty things in and among us today, we do need to realize that Acts is describing a unique time of transition in the church and the people of God. For this reason, much of what we see in Acts is descriptive rather than prescriptive, meaning it, was, it, it is simply describing the way that it was, not necessarily, in every case, commanding us to replicate it. Um, you know, for example, it, because we read that that uh, Paul's handkerchiefs were used miraculously. We shouldn't necessarily expect ours in every case to do the same. So it, it's, a de- it's a description, not a prescription. So in the end, it does show us, though, that, that God is serious about getting the gospel out and building his church, and nothing will hinder him from doing it. Let's think secondly about radical conversion. Um, in the middle of this chapter, there's sort of a humorous story about seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva uh, who were going about trying to cast out demons, we learn in uh, verse 14. Interestingly, they come to a man 
in verse 16, in, uh, in whom was an evil spirit and attempted to cast it out. But when they did so, uh, the evil spirit actually told them in verse 15, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? At which point the possessed man uh, leapt on them and beat them mercilessly, it says, in verse 16, until they fled out of that house naked and wounded. It's really not surprising when even the evil spirits know who Paul is and fear him that among all the people, it says in verse 17, fear fell and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Um, you know, a, a mighty work was happening, and, and it's what we're told next that illustrates the radical conversions that were taking place. Luke tells us that apparently people who were previously practicing magic and other satanic practices were coming to faith in the Lord Jesus, and verse 19 tells us, even brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Now, before you think that's not a big deal, Luke makes sure we understand the significance. He tells us in verse 19, they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, we don't typically operate <laughs> just in plain silver, so just get you need to get this. If it came to about 50,000 pieces of silver, that's that's probably about $6 million in today's currency. I mean, it, it is essentially a living example of Jesus' parable of the treasure hidden in the field where the value of the treasure is seen as so much more infinitely valuable than everything else we own that we gladly sell all we have to be able to have that treasure, as in Matthew 13. They didn't care how much those things were worth from a world's vantage point. They counted them as Paul would say, as rubbish in order to gain Christ. They left their old life for new life in Christ. Now let's let's uh, examine our, our own lives against that truth. And thirdly and finally, don't underestimate opposition to the gospel. Sometimes the best way to read Acts is autobiographically. I've said that before. And what I mean by that is put yourself in the situation that you're reading about. And if you do that in the latter half of this chapter, it's, it's, it's kind of horrifying and it and it gives you a, a, a deeper respect and appreciation for the Apostle Paul. I mean, imagine you are a, 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 in a city foreign to you. And you're preaching and teaching about Christ. And all of a sudden, as we read in verse 29, the city that you're in was filled with confusion. And all the people rushed together and, and dragged you off <laughs> with some of your companions. Uh, Luke repeats in verse 32 that the, the assembly was in confusion and that's a scary thing um for uh, a mob i mean we're told that the crowd had uh who had rushed together and attacked them cried out with one voice praise it says in verse 34 they cried out with one voice praises to their own gods for about two hours i mean can you imagine that i mean i i can hardly imagine the terror of that situation paul readily faced mob violence in order to bear witness to Jesus among those who had never heard. I, I pray that we would be so bold, but we for first need to uh, never under, underestimate the opposition to the gospel. Because we, we are assured of God's victory, and we are assured of victory in Christ. We can also be assured of Satan's full-on opposition to all of it, and I pray that we might be faithful despite the danger for Jesus' sake and for his glory. And those are some thoughts from Acts chapter 19.